Now, I want you to uh, turn with me to John chapter 2. John chapter 2 and then also Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read 11 verses, verses from John and Ephesians chapter 6. Now, when I see Pastor Chris later today, we're going to have a discussion because he just preached my whole Mother's Day message here a couple of minutes ago in the middle of the worship set. Uh, so we'll just see where this goes to. Lord, Lord, use me today. <laughs> um, John chapter 2. It's the wedding at Cana that Pastor Chris just spoke about. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the, the water now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana and Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Flip over now to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Here Paul refers back to Exodus chapter 20. He's referring to the Ten Commandments. The first few commandments talk about a relationship with God. This commandment begins the the second portion of commandments that talk about how we interact with the people around us. And he starts this thing off. He says, but before you deal with any other of the people in your life, I want you to honor your father and mother. And this is the first commandment that has a promise. He doesn't make a promise after he says, don't build an idol. He makes a promise after he says, honor your father and mother that you would live long in the land I am sending you to. He makes a promise. And so Paul looks back to this. But, but I love how Paul separates something here. He separates the idea of obedience from the idea of honor. You see, obedience may be part of honor, but honor is never limited to obedience. How many of you moms know, uh, if you have kids like I do, that your kid can do what you say and still dishonor you at the same time? A look, a shoulder drop, a sound, just a couple of words, a shot on Facebook. They can obey you and yet dishonor you all at the same time. 
And, and teenagers are masterful at it. My, my daughter just turned 11, and I'm telling you, she has her doctorate in dishonoring already. Like, where did you learn this from? Because we can obey and yet dishonor. So obedience might be a part of honoring, but honoring is never limited to obedience. So Paul says, listen, I, I want you to obey your parents. Do you know what? Sometimes you cannot obey and still honor. Now, teenagers, I'm not talking to you. The Bible also says obey your parents and, and, and submit. And he says all these things. And if you go back to Exodus chapter 20, it's just a couple of chapters later that he starts talking about what, what to do to teenagers that are rebellious. Just to let you know, he says, take them outside of the walls of the city and stone them. So yeah, I don't think you want me to preach that today. <laughs> a few moms are like, I've got one, Pastor Randy. We can go right out here. I saw some rocks in the driveway. But but here's the thing, there are times in your life when you may not be able to do, especially as an adult, what you're being instructed to do, but we can not do it and still honor. I'm going to tell you a story here in a minute about Jesus who did not do what his mother told him to do, and yet he still honored her. Now in John chapter 2, he does what she says, uh, and he honors her. But there are times when we we can't do it. I just simply can't do what you're asking, but we can still honor And that's why Paul separates these. He said, there's a time for obedience, but there's always a time to honor your father and your mother. It's interesting to me that that God spoke to Moses and he had him fashion it and carve it into a stone. Honor your father and mother. He included mother in there because it was a time when mothers and, and women were not honored, but they were very little more than possessions. And yet God looked down and said, honor the mother too. And I'm going to make you write it on stone in case you ever try to forget it. My daughter got in trouble the other day. She was disrespecting. Uh, And so my wife, she said, I can't take it no more. So before she could do whatever, go to softball practice or whatever we were doing, Kennedy had to write like a hundred times, I will honor and obey my mother. I will honor and obey my mother, lest you forget it. So here's, here's Moses. Honor your father. God said, no, 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 no. And mother. It's a command. It's not just a good idea to honor your mother. You know, Mother's Day is not just a, a, another holiday made up by the greeting card companies. It is a command in the Word of God. Now, let's look at Jesus. John chapter 2. And, uh, you know, Mary... Mary was a woman to be honored. She was quite a woman. The, the angel said to her that she was highly favored, that she was blessed, uh, that, that, that she was chosen by God. He said, you're going to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. But, you know, uh, and, and even throughout history, she's been called holy. Uh, some, some churches believe that she was sinless, that she never sinned in her life. Now, I'm sorry I can't go there with you, but I believe that she was a woman to be honored. She's a great lady. But for Mary, being favored and blessed didn't always feel like what we think it should feel like. As Pastor Chris talked about a few moments ago, she's walking around telling everyone that she was impregnated by God Himself and is going to have the Son of God. This seems a little crazy. I want you to remember back to when you were in school. 
And I want you to remember studying Greek and Roman mythology. How many of you remember studying Greek and Roman mythology? Okay, 14 of you do. <laughs> In Greek and Roman mythology, there were gods and there were men. And oftentimes, they were married to each other or... Uh, had relations and had kids together. And, and I remember as a kid thinking, this is crazy. How is, how is a God going to have a baby with a, a woman? But it was crazy to me. And you know what? This is what Mary is walking around saying. She's like nine months pregnant saying, this is the Son of God. You know the people aren't like, yeah, you're right, I know it is. No. They mocked her. They laughed at her. They thought she was crazy. When they walked by their house, the kids were whispering when they went by. There's crazy Mary's house. You know. And yet, she's blessed and highly favored. She's quite a lady. She's quite a lady. She, she raised Jesus. I, I wonder how it was raising the Son of God. I, I think to myself how much pressure must have been on her. Consider the first time Jesus as an infant rolled off the bed and cracked his head on the floor. I've killed the Son of God. <laughs> She's got Joseph in there and they're feeling the bump on his head going, is it going in or is it going out? Which one is good and which one is bad? I can't remember. Anybody ever had that discussion? Like one out is good, in is bad or something or out is good? Okay. And so me and my wife, you know, in the panic, you're like, no, no, in is good. No, out is good. No, no, we killed our baby. And so, and so, you know, can you imagine, like, I've killed the son of God. Can you imagine the first time, like, Jesus cut his leg wide open while he was playing uh, uh, out in the yard? And, and, and Mary's like, oh, I hope God's not watching today. Please don't leave a scar. Please don't leave a scar. Like, can, can you imagine? Listen, Mary lost Jesus. Hey, I got left on multiple occasions in my life. My parents left me a lot. I got left at the church more times than I can remember, okay? I got left at the, at the movie store, the, the video rental place. Now, for all of you kids in the room, everybody under 25, what it was is it was a store. <laughs> like an actual building. Not an online store, like a building, and they would carry movies in there, and you could go rent them for like a dollar a piece. You could take them home and watch them for a couple days, and then you brought them back. It was amazing. It had a little sticker on it that said, please be kind and rewind. <laughs> right? It, and it wasn't a disc. It was an actual plastic box, and you put it in another box, and you pushed it down, and then a tape went through. It was a, it was a great invention. <laughs> I got left at the video store, no joke. Both my parents gone, and I'm just sitting outside the video store. <laughs> right over by Market Basket on 27th Street in Nederland. I'm just sitting outside, just waiting. And there was no cell phones back in the day. You know, you actually had to, like, use a ding, 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 ding phone to call home. I know this is crazy to some of you kids in the room, but, you know, I'm just sitting there, like, 30 minutes later, my dad comes rolling back up. I'm like, son, where you been? <laughs> No joke. But, you know, I never got left for very long. Usually when I got left at the church, somebody would bring me home, usually. <laughs> but uh, Jesus, they lost Jesus for four days. F four days you lost the Son of God. How's that conversation going to go with him? You see, what happened was... <laughs> you, you lost the Messiah for four 
days. And the only place you didn't think to look was in the church. Show up. Jesus is teaching everybody. He's astounding them there. Mary says, Jesus, why did you treat me like this? Doesn't that sound like a mom to you? Why did you treat me like this? Then she goes King James Version on him. Behold, we have searched for you for days. Behold, really? Behold. I don't know why that cracks me up so bad. Behold, we have searched for you. And, and I love, you know, Jesus' response. Uh, to me, he responds exactly like every other 12-year-old boy would respond. And he's like, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Now listen, I'm going to tell you that if I had said that to my mother, she would have whipped me with the first thing she could get her hand on. A comb, a brush, a spatula, a cherubim from the temple. It wouldn't have mattered. She would have whipped me with whatever she could get her hand on. Not Mary. Mary treasures these things in her heart. Can I have a little fun with you today? All right. Pastor Chris already preached my message, so we might as well have some fun, right? So, so, so here, here she is, and, and uh, she, she finds him, and, you know, I just think to myself, as I, and I really did read that, this, this scripture, and I often ponder, here's Jesus, she's lost him for four days, he comes back, and he's like, you know, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business in the house of God, and she, she treasures these things in her heart, and I say, how does she treasure this in her heart? Her kid was gone for four days, but the truth is this. As bad as your kids may be, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that our kids, that our children are a gift from the Lord. They are are a reward from Him. I know that sometimes it feels like a punishment, but it's a reward. It's a reward. It's a reward. The children are a gift from God. The good ones and the bad ones, they're all a gift from God. Mary must have been uh, just, just totally dismayed in that moment. But that's Jesus at 12. For the next 18 years, we don't hear anything about Jesus. It's mostly quiet. Mary's at home raising him, teaching him the word, teaching him. His, his father taught him how to do carpentry and how to build things. Uh, you know, I, I, I wonder oftentimes, did Jesus keep his room clean? Or did Mary walk in and say, my God, Jesus, were you born in a barn? I don't know. You'll get that later around Christmas. Uh, so so Jesus is now 30 we find him in John chapter 2 Jesus is 30 years old 18 years we haven't heard anything about Jesus we don't know what's going on they're the silent years of Jesus' life 30 years Mary had lived 30 years she's been telling people that Jesus was the Messiah. We had one glimmer of hope when he was 12 years old and he was astounding people in the temple but we have nothing since then He's not doing miracles. Jesus isn't going to school every day and healing people while he's learning. Jesus didn't get thirsty and just create water. Instead of going swimming, he didn't take a walk on the river. No, no, no. Jesus does no miracles. He is a normal kid. He's 30 years old. Now he's not even a kid anymore. He's a young adult. Now he's a full-grown man. 30 years old. For 30 years, Mary has been saying, 
this is the Son of God. For 30 years, she's been saying, I'm telling you, I saw an angel. For 30 years, nothing. He's the Messiah, nothing. She gets to this wedding. In those days, weddings were a really big deal, much bigger than they are t- today for us. They would actually um, celebrate uh, for, for about a week. And it would start off like this. On the, the first night, they would have a massive feast. And then the father of the bride would take the bride and he would parade her through the streets of the village all the way to the groom's house. And at the front door of the groom's house is where they would actually have the marriage ceremony. So they would do the ceremony and then they would all go inside. They would eat a little while. And then the bride and groom would then go walking through the streets again. They would take the longest route possible that they could. And they were just parading and they were congratulating people or people were congratulating them. And they were just walking through the streets and they would go through the entire village and everyone would come out and congratulate them. And then they would make their way back. And for the next seven days or so, they had one big, long party. And they would, and the, the groom's family was responsible for providing food. They would dress up the bride and groom in the nicest clothes they could. They would treat them like royalty, even at times putting crowns on both of their heads. It was a big to-do. And they would pay, all, all the village was invited. And they would come through day after day after day, night after night, and they're just eating and having a good time. And they're, they're laughing and they're telling stories. And they're celebrating this holy marriage. And I find myself looking at today's world when we don't go to weddings like we used to and we don't celebrate them like we used to. And I wonder if our lack of importance has led to the place today where natural marriage is under attack. I want you to ponder that in your own time. But the Jews, they put a lot of importance on it. They put a lot of importance on it. They said, listen... um, we're going to celebrate for seven days. Somewhere in the midst of this seven-day party, they run out of wine. This was a huge no-no. This was not allowed. This was going to be an, an embarrassment for everyone. And Mary comes to Jesus and tells Jesus, um, hey, listen, by the way, they're out of wine. Now, in a classic, this is a classic mother statement, and Jesus knew exactly what she was talking about. They're out of wine. All she says is they're out of wine. And that it tells Jesus, Jesus, do something about it. How many of you got a mama like that? that you just say, hey, I'm out of Dr. Pepper. You're like, okay, I'm going to the store. It's, it's, well, it's always ice. In my family, we can never remember the ice. Somebody has to go get ice at every party. Thankfully, now my mom got an ice maker, so we don't have to go get ice anymore. Because for so long, somebody had to go get ice. And you know who that somebody was? And we lived out in the country. You had to, like, drive miles to get ice. Jesus, he looks at, Mary looks at Jesus and says, we're out of wine. Implied in that is this statement, deal with it, Jesus. Do something. And and Jesus responds, woman, what does this have to do with me? Now they tell us that this, when he called her woman, this was a a statement, a, a title of honor and respect in Jesus' world. But I can tell you, if my dad had heard me say it, he would literally have kicked my rear end. I don't mean like figuratively, I mean literally, he would have kicked me right in the rear end for, for calling my mother woman. 
What does this have to do with me? I don't know how you were raised. I, raised, I was raised with a lot of whippings, if you can't tell. How'd you get to where you are, Pastor Raymond? <laughs> By the belt. Anyway. <laughs> the Message Bible says it like this. Jesus says to her, woman, don't push me. Now, Jesus, you are 30. I just, I put myself in, in Mary's deal. I've been mocked and ridiculed. I have, been, I have cried so many tears over you, Jesus, because you're supposed to be the Son of God. You're supposed to be the Messiah. But it's 30 years later, and I'm about ready for you to start Messiah-ing. I don't know what it's all supposed to be, but you need to start doing something supernatural because this is getting old. I, 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 every party I go to, I am the joke. I've been believing for 30 years. I've been praying for 30 years. I've been telling everybody for 30 years, and nobody wants to believe me. And it, you're 30 now. Do something. So Jesus does. It turns water into wine. But, you know, typical male, you know, you need one bag of ice. That's fine. We come back with seven. That's about what Jesus does. He doesn't, he doesn't just turn into a little bit of wine. 180 gallons. I think that was enough to get the job done. 180 gallons of wine Jesus makes. So, uh, I want to give you really quickly in this story four ways that Jesus honored his mother. Four ways that Jesus honored his mother. And, uh, and, and I want to encourage you to do these, not just today, but in your life. And I, I think if you do, we'll do these four um, things. And there are a lot of other ways you can honor your mom, but I'm just going to show you what Jesus did. I, I, I want to encourage you to make them a part of your life. Number one, Jesus solved Mary's problem. He solved her problem. Mary had a problem, and it wasn't just about obedience. It was about solving her problem. If you want to honor your mom, figure out a problem that she has and solve it. Be a solution for her. Be an answer. You know, moms have so many things going on. It's dinner, and it's homework, and it's kids, and it's getting themselves to work on time, and they've got to uh, fix their hair, and they've got to do this, and they've got to clean the house, and they've got to do the laundry, and everybody needs something from them at all times. You know what honors moms is to see a problem in their life and fix it for them. Be the solution. I'll try. It can seem so simple, but it can make the world of difference. Solve a problem for your mom. I want you to find a problem today for your mom, even if it's something small. And I just want you to solve it for her. Men, you go to mom's house for dinner tonight, today, sometime, and, and you see a, 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 something in the yard that's not right, just go out there and fix it. And don't come in and say, hey, mom, look what I did. I think, no, just, just don't say a word about it. Just fix it and move on with your life. Don't go for glory. Just fix the problem. The second thing is, and, and this is where it gets even more difficult. Jesus solved her problem, but he solved her problem on her time. He didn't say, well, I'll tell you what. Let me finish my dinner, and then I'm going to go talk to that guy over there. I've got to heal him real fast. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a couple of disciples together. We'll go find a wagon We'll go find some bottles, and we'll go down to the next city, and we'll, you know, we'll be back in a couple days, and we'll bring some wine with us from the store. No, 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 no. Jesus solved her problem on her time schedule. She said, whatever he says to you to do, go do it. Right then. 
It was, we weren't waiting. We weren't spending hours talking about it. We just did it. You know, uh, what, I, what I've discovered with my mom and, and my wife is, is um, that delayed obedience is disobedience. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll come home and they just need me to do something. But I, I'll, and this was when I was a kid, even my mom, mom will call me, Randy, can you help me with this? And my life is busy and I've got a hectic schedule and I'm going here and I'm doing that. I'm doing all these things on my time. And you know what? And I've heard my mom and my wife both say this to me. Never mind. I'll get it done. It's not that I won't do it. It's just that I won't do it, I won't do it on their time schedule. And they don't have time to wait for me. You know what? If you want to honor your mom, solve her problem, but solve it on her time schedule. Do it when she asks. Just, just go do it. Don't wait. Just go do it. Just put down. Because you know what it says? It says, Mom, I'm putting you before the other things in my life. Moms, can I get an amen today? Amen. All right. Third thing that Jesus did and, is that um, he cared about what his mother cared about. This is, this is first Jesus' first response. What does this have to do with me? Here's his point. I don't really care if they have wine at this party or not. I'm about to leave anyway. This party doesn't concern me. I don't really care if they're embarrassed forever because they ran out of wine at their, at their kid's wedding. It's not really my deal. And yet, Mary cared. When we care about what our moms care about or what our wives care about, it speaks honor to them. Especially when it's things you don't really care about, but you're just showing care. Get involved. And I love this. He turned the water into wine. Wine represents joy and enjoyment. It brought life to the party. This party was way up here. They ran out of wine. It went way down here. Everybody was upset. Everybody was, you know how, you know how drunk people are when they get mad. Everybody was... You know, everybody was laughing and now everybody was mad. And so Jesus comes in and he brings the joy back to the situation. Don't just care about what your mom cares about. Bring some joy and enjoy and, and some enjoyment to it. When your wife says, let's go to the mall and shop, don't go, I can't wait to go shopping. I have been dying to walk through Dillard's with you for hours. care about what they care about every now and then my wife says Randon I want to go to Lowe's you know what Lowe's says to me work that's all they didn't don't call it Lowe's just call it work <laughs> work would do I'm like, okay and so we go to Lowe's what are we doing oh we should plant some flowers we should build this fence oh I want to do this I want to do that well baby you can't do any of that I know but you can all right care about what she cares about it speaks honor it speaks honor so uh, solve a problem solve it on her time care what she cares about and uh, then the fourth one is this simply this go above and beyond that's what jesus did he didn't just make one uh, gallon of wine or one 35 30 gallon uh, uh, jar of wine he made six he said listen mom if i'm going to do this i want to make sure it's done right I'm going above and beyond. I'm, I'm, I'm going the extra mile. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going I'm to do more than you asked of me. Honor isn't barely enough. Honor is going above and beyond. Honor is making great wine when the cheap stuff would have done. This is what the master of ceremony said. Most people save their cheap wine for last, 
but you save your best wine for last. Jesus said, I'm, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do it the best. And that's what honor is. Moms, I, I want to do something for you, but I'm not just going to go halfway so I can race back to my life, but I am going to go all in and, and go above and beyond. Four things. If you'll do these four things for your mom and you'll make them a part of your life, if you'll do these four things for your wife and make them a part of your life, she will feel honor from you on a regular basis. That's what Jesus did. Jesus did it because it was the command. Jesus did it because it was in his heart. Jesus honored his mom. I want to encourage you moms. As Pastor Chris said today, if you've been waiting a long time on your kids to get out of the nest and do something with their life and you've been telling everybody everybody my kid is smart and my kid is not a loser and my kid is not a drug addict and my kid is gonna make something from his life and all the facts seem to be pointing in any other direction I want to encourage you Mary had to wait three decades for the Son of God you keep holding on and you keep believing keep I know you've shed some tears I know it's been difficult times keep believing you never know when your wedding at Cana is coming one more story about Jesus and Mary and then uh, I want to pray for you today Mark chapter 3 Jesus is starting his, his ministry you may not have ever read this part of you, you'll skim right over it if you're not careful but Jesus has started his ministry he's been baptized he's calling disciples to himself he's healing the sick he's healing so many people that that he, they had to get him a boat set up so they could take him away because the crowds were just coming all around him and and they were just trying to reach and touch him and grab him because so many incredible things that were happening people were coming to him that were had unclean spirits they were full of the devil literally and they were coming to him and they were throwing themselves down at his feet on their knees and these demons were speaking up on the inside of them saying thou art the son of God and things were getting a little crazy he calls these 12 guys around him and he says listen you see all this stuff that's going on with me I want you to be my disciples and I'm going to give you power and authority to preach and to cast out demons in the same way and you're going to heal the sick it's going to be great and this is this is getting a little too much so the Bible says in Mark chapter 3 that Mary and his brothers, his family, they went to get Jesus because they thought he was out of his mind. And I want you to consider, for 30 years Jesus prayed that he would be the Messiah. Now he's becoming the Messiah and it looks a little different than they thought it was going to and they thought he was out of his mind. Look, here's, for they were saying, he is out of his mind. That's the English Standard Version too, that's not even the Message Bible. They call Jesus home. Mary says, Jesus, just, just come home, baby. Let me make you some chicken noodle soup. It'll be all right. You know how moms do? Kids get out there. They get in trouble. We just want to take care of them. Come home. Let, let, me, let me take care of you. Let, let me take care of you. I, I can't tell you how many times in my life, and I've been out there and I got in trouble, and mom just says to me, Brandon, just, just, just come over for a little while. Let, let, let me make you some chicken and dumplings. Let me, let me, let, let's just talk. It'll be okay. That's what Mary does. Come on back. So then Jesus goes out preaching again. The same thing is happening. He's like right outside of his house. There's crowds thronging around him. Yeah. And, and, and this thing is getting, it's getting serious. So Mary and Jesus' brothers, they send him word. 
Come on back home, Jesus. Come on back home. And Jesus gets word and he's sitting there and he's got people around him and he's teaching and he's preaching. And, he, and he's, he, listen, Jesus' message was not uh, the most popular message of the day. Uh, much of what he was preaching went directly against what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were preaching. And, and so he's, he's like enemy of the state here. If you've been watching AD, you understand a little bit about what was going on. And here he is, he gets word and they come in. And when they tell him this, he said, your mother and your brothers have called for you. Verse 34. And looking at those who sat around him, I want you to think about this verse from the perspective of Mary, okay? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Now there's great truth in what Jesus said, but I just want you today to separate yourself and look at it from the eyes of Mary. 30 years you've prayed for this kid. He's the son of God. Now you're just trying to help him. He's gotten a little far out there. You're worried about him. You're concerned. Come on back home, baby. It'll be okay. I know, I, I know that I, I pushed you out there at the wedding, but come on back home now. Your mothers and your brothers have sent word for you. And Jesus says, that's not my mother. This is my mother. Those aren't my brothers. This is my brother. Isn't it the moms who are always reaching out, always loving, always going the extra mile, refusing to give up, refusing to stop believing? And isn't it always the mother that the kid turns around and says, I don't want anything to do with you? Moms, I've seen it time and time again. I've talked to you. I've seen it, I've watched it, I've been there when you've given your all to your kids and they cut you off. Don't tell me how to live my life. Don't tell me what to do. I'm not in high school anymore, Mom. Just leave me alone. Let me live my life. Can I say this to you today? I don't believe that Jesus meant to hurt his mother. But that had to sting. And I just want to encourage you. Mary understood. She understands where you are today. I'm not a mom. But I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen you just keep going. Keep reaching. Keep loving. And I want to encourage you today. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop believing. You know that had to hurt Mary to hear her son say, that's not my mom, this is my mom. Can you relate to that? But yet Mary kept believing. Mary stayed with his Jesus all through his ministry. She was with Jesus at the whipping post. She was with Jesus at the cross. She was with Jesus when they laid him in the tomb. She was there when he was resurrected. She was there when the Holy Spirit fell. She was there when the church grew. And everything that she had hoped began, be, began to uh, become very real. It didn't look like she wanted it to. But she kept believing. And she saw her son become the Messiah. I want to encourage you, moms. Number one, if you've been praying for a long time for things to turn around with your kid, don't stop praying. And number two, 
If your kid has pushed you away and he's hurt you and he's messed you up and she's told you she wants nothing to do with you and she said, get out of her life. Let her live her way. I want you to know that Mary understands. Hang in there. Hang in there. Keep loving. Keep reaching. Don't stop just because they say they don't want you. Don't stop. Don't stop. You may have to do it a little differently. You may have to love from a distance, but keep loving. Keep answering the phone when they call. Keep believing in them. Keep praying. Can I encourage you with that this morning? I want to pray for moms today, and I want to bless you. If you're a mom in the room, uh, can, can, I, can you ask you to stand and let me pray for you before we go today? Just moms. If you're not a mom, but you have a mom, just stretch your hands this way to, to one of these moms. Ladies, I just want you to receive for a moment. I just want you to receive encouragement today. I want you to be blessed today. If you need healing today because you've got wounds, I, I want you to be healed today. I want you to receive. I want you to know Mary made it through and her kid became everything he was supposed to become. Keep believing. Keep hanging in there. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray a special blessing over mothers today. We love our moms. We need our moms. Jesus, you loved your mother. It was a difficult road that she had. It was a difficult mantle that she was given. She was called highly favored and blessed and chosen and overshadowed, but it didn't always feel that way. God, for the moms in the room, that have not been feeling very blessed. They've not been feeling like their kids were a gift from God, a reward. Lord, I pray that they would begin to feel the reward again. I pray that situations they have been seeking you, that they have been bombarding heaven for, would begin to turn around. Lord, I'm believing that even today, people are going to start to, these moms are going to start to get phone calls. They weren't expecting them. They were hoping but afraid to hope. But today the phone's going to ring. I love you moms are coming. I miss you moms are coming. I thank you moms are coming. Answered prayers, God. Encourage them. Encourage them. Encourage them. Lord, I stir up belief in our moms that it may have been a year or two years or ten years or three decades or more, but they're not to stop believing. But everything you promised, everything they hoped for is going, going to come to pass. Lord, I thank you that next year on this day, there are going to be teenagers, grown men, grown women who've refused to come to church this year, refused to be with their mom today, but next year they're going to be sitting here on these pews. I prophesy that right now in the name of Jesus, that in the next year, things are changing. Things are changing. Things are changing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.